Praise God, we welcome you to our online service once again today. And I am delighted to be able to present the Word of God in just a few moments. And I know that God will touch and bless you. It's the time to be able to call someone else and remind them that we're on, we're online, and the blessing of God is on its way. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerful piece of music to lift your heart.
Praise God. I know you have been blessed. I want you to come with me now to the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, which we are considering as we handle our part two of uh, our new series, Living Life God's Way, The Power of Prayer. The Word of God says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The Lord had blessing to the reading of his word. In this new short series, as we consider the subject of living life God's way, the power of prayer, we began by observing that the Apostle Paul introduces us in these few verses to two parallel worlds. A world he refers to as we, God's people, that is. Then another world that he refers to as other people. So for the children of God, that's a very clear indication of the fact that as real as we are, and as real as those who don't know Christ are, so goes the actual separation between these two worlds that Paul is describing. And we established that Paul was essentially saying, we have two spheres at play, the spiritual and the natural. And it is important for us to observe that this is the order of life. And if this is the order of life, as God has designed it, there must be a deliberate and, uh, shall I say, conscientious, a deliberate, something we, we think about and do with intention. There has to be a deliberate desire for us to respond to the issues of life from our vantage point of the spiritual life we have been given the benefit to receive from God Almighty. And I dare say that if we don't make that effort to actually tap on the spiritual and utilize it to be able to tackle the things of this life, the crisis that we face from time to time and the difficulties that come our way, inevitably because that's what life is about, they gain greater potential to sink us and drown us and overwhelm us. And it's not God's wish that every trouble that rises actually overwhelms you. It's not God's wish. God's wish 
is that you would ride above those storms and have victory. And that's what living life God's way is about. I indicated last week that in chapter 10 of the book of Corinthians, the second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul demonstrated this ability, this deliberateness of taking life's issue and responding to it, taking life's issues and responding to them spiritually with spiritual resources given by God. In this case, he was in a struggle with some individuals that opposed him. And while observing that this is the order of life, sometimes you'll have people who won't necessarily agree with you. He used a polemic approach, polemics approach, where he, lays out, he laid out his, uh, his arguments and challenged those who opposed his um, uh, apostolic authority. And so in verses 1 and 2, he was very clear in indicating that he was choosing to approach the issue he was facing with the meekness and gentleness of Christ, drawing on the spiritual. And so verse 3, which we are very familiar with, although we live in this world, he says, we do not wage war the way the world wages war, was an, an outgrowth of that intentionality in the life of the Apostle Paul to tackle a natural situation, a natural occurrence, utilizing spiritual resources, living life God's way, is indeed governed by many biblical principles. And I can share this because these are principles that, these are principles that I personally have been able to utilize. We as a family have utilized these principles over time. We highlighted two biblical principles that we said we can be able to utilize. One, prayer is our spiritual link of communication with God. And the second principle, that some answered prayers will be manifested in the physical while others won't. Regarding the fact that prayer is our spiritual link of communication with God, let me just remind you, we said it is a fact that every believer is engaged in spiritual warfare, marked by daily battles, battles being short-term, wars being long-term. And um, the extent of those battles will vary from time to time, day to day, depending on what you're facing. But I want to remind us of the fact that we observe that life is fragile and we say we must handle it with prayer. Alongside this thought, we had the opportunity to explore several perspectives on prayer from one of my very, very inspiring teachers of the word, Dr. John Piper. And I would like to highlight the top three of the several perspectives that we explored from Dr. Piper. One is the place where he said, and I quote, we cannot know what prayer is for until we know that life is war, end quote. Another one, the second one of those top three that I was mentioning to you today, 
is one where Dr. Piper said, and I quote, prayer gives us the, significant, the significance of frontline forces, meaning we're like frontline forces. And we continue with the quote, and gives God the glory of a limitless provider, end quote. The third one, life is war. That's not all it is, but it always, it is always that, end quote. I love this. So insightful. And so concerning the second principle, some answered prayers will be manifested in the physical while others won't. We said under there that um, there are some prayers actually recorded in the Bible that were answered. And so we see them being, being recorded because they were answered. It means they were manifested. And I showed from biblical instances that there are many other instances where prayer was made Maybe the answer was not made manifest before the, prayer, the people who were praying. That's a norm in scripture. It's also a norm in our lives. We concluded our talk in this first segment by preempting what I referred to as three benefits of a prayerful lifestyle. Clarity, confidence, and focus. And today, I want us to get to this portion of our teaching. And we only have time, really, to exhaustively handle the first of those benefits of a prayerful lifestyle, clarity. So come with me to that portion of Scripture again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul had that much clarity in life regarding the resource that was in his hands. Let's commence looking at these three benefits among many that we, could, we can identify from Paul's life, which also become benefits that we can utilize once we employ a prayerful lifestyle today. Clarity is the first one, like I said. Clarity, by definition, is the quality or condition of being clear or, easily, or, or, or easy to understand. The quality or condition of being clear or easy to understand. This is as you would find it in the dictionary. I like to do this from time to time because I like to try and get to the most basic of, of understandings because that's where we live every day. So clarity is to do with clearness. One example um, from the source that I found this says, Clean water running down a mountain has clarity. So does a lovely singing voice. It's clear, it's pure. If you bring clarity to a situation, you help people to see what really happened by clearing up misunderstanding and giving explanations. I, I really found 
this is very useful. And I know you're finding it that way as well. So when it comes to prayer, you and I benefit immensely from this spiritual resource of prayer in terms of the clarity that we receive. The clarity specifically to do maybe with an area of direction. So let's tackle that for a, for a few moments. Direction may have to do with you wondering, what do I pray for? How do I pray? We will not be overdoing the situation by referring to the current crisis that has literally changed the way we live our lives. We're hearing terms like the new normal. The new normal. Well, that's because our lives have changed. And I come to you today with a desire to present spiritually from God's resources the clarity that you need to handle this day of COVID-19. And the things that it has precipitated and brought to, to, to the fore that we would never have been thinking about. So how do, what do we pray for in a day and time like now? And how do we pray? Another question that would be uh, within the realm of us seeking clarity would be, what, what do we do really? And what do we not do in a given situation? such as what we have. In the Old Testament, there are many places where um, servants of the Lord, like David, would go before the Lord and seek to inquire. Sometimes he, he, he was in a place where he was um, being attacked. And David would inquire before the Lord, shall, shall I go against this enemy? Will I, shall I pursue and will I overtake? And in many instances, God answered David directly with clarity and told him, yeah, go ahead. And David would get up and gather his mighty men. And they went in and they had the victory. So currently in the challenge that we face, we're seeking God on how to respond. For instance, to alleged conspirators, if any around COVID-19. And this is a, a thematic area that we shouldn't think we are overdoing because we must interrogate. Anything that has the capacity to interrupt our lives in the fashion that COVID-19 has cannot just be taken on face value. We have to retreat for a short while and begin to ask God, the God of our lives. God, what's happening? What's going on? And I can assure you, as we are praying, God is beginning to show us some facets of this crisis that will help you and I to cope and receive hope and victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So how do we respond to a big global organization or to so many big global organizations when they're proposing, for instance, research around antibody testing to be used as a measure to give people what they're calling immunity passports to move across the borders. How do we respond? 
I, for one, since this began to be discussed, have become very uncomfortable. And I know that many of you in your families are becoming uncomfortable. We've got to ask ourselves the questions. What is really going on? Who is behind what's going on? And everybody has a right to voice, interrogate, and ask. And as God's children, we must not, cannot take these things on face value. And I'm on that path directed by the King of Kings today to explore some questions so we can have clarity. Who are the real beneficiaries in the long run? What could be the role of sons and daughters of the kingdom who are medical scientists, epidemiologists, epidemiologists, immunologists, researchers in top universities and relevant professional institutions? What could be the role of sons and daughters, people who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? What could be the role of, of just people with a good heart and a desire to do the best for mankind and to help people cope? But I do want to direct this towards those who may know Jesus as Lord and Savior because you have a responsibility. Romans 8 verse 19 to 21 says, For the creation awaits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed or manifested. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in the hope that a creation, the creation itself, will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now, this is deep. This deals with, of course, much, much more than just COVID-19. But there's an aspect that this, this passage is addressing, an aspect of the issues of life, the ongoings in life, and how God's children ought to manifest, become known, and begin to show God's wisdom, knowledge, guidance and answers to be able to address the frustrations that mankind is trapped under. So I say today, child of God, it is time to manifest. Creation now in 2020 is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Let's take one step back. Let's imagine that what we are facing around issues of COVID-19 may, may, may be signifying, for instance, what we know from the Word of God as the dawn of the new world order. And it may not, but just in case it was. Suppose it was that. The new world order has been prophesied in the Word. In apocalyptic literature. What should the posture of God's church be? What should the posture of God's people be in the face of things like this in case this is part of the unfolding of the new world order? Should God's church sit back? Should God's people sit back and simply watch and allow this to roll on? 
I think not. I think not. It is time. And I remember in 2010, Africa had the joy of hosting the Africa Cup of Nations. No, no, what was that? The World Cup, excuse me. Not the Africa Cup of Nations, but the World Cup was hosted in Africa in the country of uh, South Africa. One of the things I really loved at that time were, was, was to do with uh, the, um, uh, the media uh, advertise, uh, advertisements. And one very powerful media advertisement around the World Cup was the one that went, Kinako, Kinako, meaning it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. So I'm saying to Africa, and I'm saying to God's people, and I'm saying to the nations, it is time to seek God's mind through prayer for clarity as to what's really going on. I assure you as we go before God and we're saying to God, God, show us what's behind these actions. Show us what's going on so we can know. I am confident as we begin to sense already that God will answer us. He sits in heaven and he talks to his people. He hears us when we pray. He hears the cries of his people. There is no way that COVID-19 will overturn and interrupt our lives without God hearing and then him answering the calls of his people. In giving us a way of handling this, where if something was meant for evil, it will actually turn out for good because God is able. So I say it is time to seek God's mind through prayer so that the divine resources he has reserved for such a time as this can be unlocked to challenge any aspect of the current happenings that may be running contrary to his divine purposes, contrary to his plan for the common good of humanity, contrary to his plan for the safety and well-being of the masses who many times are helpless at the hands of the strong. Evidently, there are a zillion begging moral and ethical questions that God, I believe, can help us to get clarity on. And I believe that God's resources can help to inform a reasoned biblical response in due course. And we are commencing on that path in these days. In the network of many servants of the Lord and many, many professionals in the field of, of the medics who are God's children, who are beginning to get spiritual insight that something more than meets the eye is going on. We are beginning to respond. So let me take us back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three to five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war the way the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, every thought. There are thoughts and intentions that we're beginning to pick up. And sometimes 
people think these conspiracy theories are all just to be thrown out. But now we're beginning to question. Because leaders, leaders, world leaders are beginning to ask. If world leaders are beginning to ask these questions, then let's have an honest conversation on the table, in the scientific rooms, in our research centers, in our homes, in our church discussion rooms. Let's have an honest conversation and let's ask, is everything that we're being told we must do really what needs to be done? Let's have the conversation. And this is not to call people to a place of recklessness. Not at all. I have said before, and I said last week, right now the house is on fire. Let's call out all the fire engines. Let's put out the fire. The time will come for us to begin to ask what really happened. But even while this is going on, there are some conversations that for which we must seek clarity. Beloved, it's not business as usual. I refer back to Psalm 2. Again. Why do the heathen rage? Why do the nations imagine vain things? Another version says, why do the nations conspire? I want us to go to the Old Testament and take a look at a number of very vibrant young people. Young, godly, professional individuals. They were skilled in their area of assignments. And they stood out in the day of crisis. And this is where I'm calling God's children today to manifest. We begin in Daniel chapter 1. We're talking about clarity as a benefit coming out of a prayerful lifestyle. In this teaching regarding God's living life, God's way, the power of prayer. In Daniel 1, verse number 20, four young men are discussed as follows. In fact, let me read verse 17 and then I can read verse 20. In verse 17, it says, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Daniel, with his three friends, we know this is a very popular story in scripture. Verse 20, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in his whole kingdom. Daniel remained there 
until the first year of King Cyrus. Here, I call attention to what was happening in the life of Daniel and his friends and likening that to what really is the scenario and what ought to be happening in the lives of God's children who are deployed by God. Some of you are lawyers, some of you are doctors, some of you are nurses, some of you are uh, biomedical specialists and, and various areas of profession. God has deployed you. Some of you are in king's palaces. So in a time like now, when kings are asking questions, I ask you, child of God, manifest. Manifest. So kings can gain from what God is giving to you. Yours is not an ordinary task anymore. You've got to stand out because God's word is in you. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamt. When they came in and stood before the king, I will move on into verse number three. He said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me. And I want to know what it means. Fast forward. Verse number 10. The astrologers answered the king. There is not a man on the earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a, a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal to the king except the gods. And they do not live among men. That's a serious lament of secularism. A world without God. Here are these very, very um, skilled people in their various fields. And they make this declaration that, so to say, gods don't live among men. A world without divinity, without the intervention of divinity. That's not the world we are looking for. Today, we have a world where we must acknowledge God is with us even now as we battle with COVID-19. He is with us. And that is why this message today is a prophetic and clarion call to God's children wherever God has displayed you to rise up and manifest because God does live among men and he wants to use you to be part of the presentation of hope the dealing away with fear and despair. During this season, there's been such a deliberate way in which fear is being used as a tool to get people to do certain things and change literally everything that they ought to do. And fear should not be taken as a norm. We must reject it and utilize hope instead. And God's church is established 
with spiritual resources to present hope where there is hopelessness. To present encouragement where there is discouragement. And to deal with despair where people don't know what to do. And we can go in like the psalmist did in the circumstances that he personally felt, faced as recorded in Psalm 42. He said there, why are you so cast down, O my soul? He was dealing with a sense of discouragement. He was downcast. He was feeling low. And dear friends, I know that as you have watched loved ones die in this period, in this period, as you've watched loved ones being so badly impacted by the, the, the COVID-19 and its effects, people losing jobs, your own loved ones losing, losing jobs, and economic means uh, being cut off in such a way that you don't know where your next meal may be coming from. My dear friends, I know that as you've watched your own loved ones separated and placed into isolation somewhere, there's been a sense of despondency, a sense of this, this, this despair and discouragement coming into your heart. I am here to let you know that David in that circumstance conquered the discouragement by simply saying, hope thou in God. You can receive hope from the Lord. And this is what I'm asking God's children all over around the world, all across this globe, globe, wherever God has blessed you to get up and give hope to people. Because God is on the throne. Hallelujah. And so, I want us to progress. Still exploring Daniel and his friends. And what they did in chapter 3 of Daniel from verse number 8 we have another very powerful presentation. Verse number 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, harp uh, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown to the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. It was clear that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were identified as those who manifested a different approach to life. They were in a world where they trusted God and they were as professional in their assignment in the royal place like anyone else. But they utilized the, so there is the resources of God Almighty. That's why I'm calling out in this clarion call today to you, child of God. God didn't make you a doctor, a lawyer, and, and um, a scientist for no reason. There is a reason why you are placed and deployed where you are deployed. It is now chance and opportunity for you to see clarity from God and say, God, help me to be able to be an answer to my society at this critical time. 
God works through his children. It's our time. It's our moment to allow him to do that. I want to take us back to chapter 2 of Daniel. Reading particularly from verse number 10. Here is the potency of the spiritual resource that can guarantee you and I clarity at this time. We're talking about living life God's way. The power of prayer. And we've begun to handle just the first of three chosen benefits of a lifestyle of prayer. And it is that benefit of clarity. Look at how it appears in Daniel chapter 2 and reading from verse number 10. The astrologers answered the king, there is not a man um, on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great or mighty, has ever asked such a thing or any magician or enchanter or astrologer. This is when they made that declaration that this has to do with the gods only and the gods don't live among men. Come with me now to verse 17. Daniel, the Bible says concerning him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and urged them to plead for mercy from God Almighty. That can only happen through prayer. To plead for mercy from God Almighty. The God of heaven. Concerning this mystery. So that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the men of Babylon. Let me pause there for a moment. Because the king had issued that if these people failed, they were going to be killed. And at this time, this whole band of astrologers and other skilled people had failed. And so there was a death sentence hanging over them. Now, if you see the heart of Daniel here, there's a genuine concern in his heart. Genuine concern. Even though belief-wise, he stood at a different plane with these people. He was genuinely concerned for their lives. And as he went before his friends, he was praying that the lives of those people, even though what they believed in was something different, would be spared. That's the kind of bowels, that's the kind of bowel of mercy that we need to display to the world. When God has placed in us his spirit, we must be genuinely concerned about the welfare of people. And that is why for that reason, you and I must seek clarity from God. So that whoever it might be, whatever big organization or whoever the networks are, if there's something sinister in what happened in order to put us into this kind of quandary, whatever it is, because it has disturbed this and put the safety and welfare of the people at risk, you and I must be on God's side to protect God's people. And we see clarity so that we can take measures where they need to be taken. On behalf of heaven, somebody shout hallelujah. And so, Bible says, they went before the Lord concerning this mystery. During the night, 
the mystery was revealed to Daniel. Oh, may the mystery of COVID-19 be revealed. And once we know the truth, we will do what needs to be done. For now, like I said, the house is on fire. Let's do what has to be done. But there's more that God is going to show us because people must leave. People must leave and survive and must live to their fullest. And their lives must never be cut short at the hands of conspirators. We refuse that in the name of Jesus. Then Daniel praised God, the God of heaven, and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden secrets, hidden things which he knows that lie in darkness, that he knows lies in darkness and light dwells with him. And he went on to say, I thank God. I thank and praise you, oh God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. So there was clarity, clarity in the crisis that the nation faced. Clarity was given. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. May clarity be our portion in this day in our homes, in our families. The economies need to recover. I asked the question already. When all this malaise is over, who are the real beneficiaries? Some are already benefiting. And it's a moral wrong if all that is done in order for people to gain while others' lives are lost. And God will handle it in due course. I dare you. I want us to wrap this segment up as we're dealing with clarity as a benefit of um, a prayerful lifestyle by going to Daniel chapter 9. In Daniel chapter 9, we have yet another episode. Here we discover Daniel's prayer. In the first year of Darius, son of Zex, a mid of descent, a mid by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood, meaning he gained clarity, understood, according, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Here, beloved, is why we must come before the Lord in prayer. Zambia, here is why we must continue to pray and fast. Africa, here is why we must go before God because God has more wisdom than any of our smartest, uh, smartest economists and scientists. And they all work to help humanity. So God is on their side. He will help them. And so we must go before God and seek God for his intervention and for clarity in this day and time. So families, 
can live again. Let us return to that place of utilizing prayer to, the, to intervene in the affairs of our families and our nations for our common good. This is the time that God is giving us an opportunity to go before Him and say, Lord, show us what must we do? How shall we approach this? And I'm calling God's children to begin to have holy convocations where you, you are you're now conversating and saying, Lord, what shall we do? What's our role? This is what God is calling us to. When we come back next week, I want to go to the next benefit, which is confidence. Just now, I'm calling us to that place of going before God humbly. And I promise you that if you seek Him right now, there'll be clarity in your personal life for your career. Clarity in your personal life for the future of your family, despite the disruption that you have just faced. There will be clarity for your company, for a Christian businessman or any businessman for that matter. If you will seek and come before the Lord, God will give you a fresh strategy for dealing with what has just happened. There will be clarity for kings, for nations, and we must go before God, trusting Him for this. And I call us back to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who've given us weapons, which are not weapons of this life, but weapons that are spiritual. And with these weapons, we can have hope and live life again in the victory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I submit to you how you can live life God's way by utilizing the power of prayer and begin to utilize these benefits. Shalom.
usual. Dear friends, we cannot close this service without reaching out to someone out there who wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'm here to help you. And all you can do is pray. Let me help you by actually leading in a prayer that you can recite as you follow. As you follow me, this becomes a prayer that can connect you with God. And if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so your life can be transformed right away, please do the following and follow these words. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you as a sinner. I realize that I've gone away from your commandment. Today, I've heard your voice speaking to me, giving me clarity over my life. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry for how I have lived. I repent and I turn away from my sins. I open the door of my heart. I invite you, Jesus, to come inside my heart, be my Savior and my Lord, so that from today onwards, I will be your child. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins and for saving me. Help me now to live a holy life. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I invite you to go to our website, www.notmidassembly.org or visit any of our social media platforms. Somebody is going to be ready to help you. A new life has just begun. God bless you. And for everybody else, join me in a brief word of prayer as we wrap up our time together. Lord, I ask now that you reach out to many who have listened to your word and added they responded to it by, by faith. And today they are seeking you for clarity in their individual lives. Lord, in their families and for their business, for their nation and for anything that is dear to them. I ask that you will intervene in Jesus' name. We promise your people, Lord, that you will always be there. That in their hard times, you will be there. That when they call on you in the day of trouble, you will answer them. So now I'm thankful that you have answered these prayers that we have prayed together through Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, with thanksgiving. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much. And let's join now in a benediction as uh, we go before the Lord just one more time. The Lord bless you, keep you, cover you, and protect you. And all the redeemed of the Lord shall agree together by saying, surely goodness and mercy and wholeness, identity and destiny shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll feast at the table spread for me as I fix my eyes on Jesus, the Lamb of God, the author and finisher of our faith and our great high priest. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, shalom.